monocle on both eyes. That is a mystery. The, mi- the main mystery there is why aren't you calling it glasses? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, why, <laughs> why isn't... Is it Leah Dungay? Uh, why isn't she calling it? <laughs> I mean... I mean, why is anyone not calling it? Yeah, well, because it, it doesn't have the ridge, I'm guessing. If it's two monocles... Like Sonic's eyes. Kind of. Yeah, that one big white sclera that's got... <laughs> and it's got just two pupils in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like... Yeah. I love how they omitted that from the movie. Yeah. In, in the movie, he's definitely got, he's two, got eyes. two eyes. In the, in the comic book and in the, uh, and, the, in the video game, game yeah. he's, he's <laughs> definitely got one white thing that is an eye. <laughs> and, uh, I love this. There's cartoons out like fan cartoons out there where it's like, Sonic, what, what, why do you only have, like... Um, don't you ever like blink your eyes separately sort of thing and, and he's like what you didn't think this was one eye did you and he takes <laughs> off his eye he takes off that big white bit which is like a big goggle what and it's just got tiny little pupils <laughs> tiny little black pupils among the blue that's <laughs> that's great there's a bit like that in Scott Pilgrim in the uh, in the original version which was in black and white yeah um, there's a bit where Scott makes a comment about Ramona changing her hair colour yeah and then in the corner of the of the frame it just goes no this book is in black and white <laughs> and then the, in the colour version it goes no this joke was funnier in, in black and white <laughs> most mysteries are period dramas most classic mysteries yeah, are period true. dramas that's anyway so that's it wasn't... because nobody's been good at writing mi- actual mysteries for a yeah. hundred years until Ryan Johnson turned up I mean yeah it's, even, even then it's just sort of a case of like it's the popularity isn't it yeah like it very much like um the adventure genre yeah aspects of it got baked into other other movies yeah yeah like if you if you did an adventure film nowadays yeah. set contemporary you get the mummy yeah if you do it's set in a period you get the mummy yeah exactly but yeah it's yeah. a better movie yeah yeah the, the 1990s mummy yeah cuz the thing is with oh. Like yeah. contemporary adventurers, yeah. they're dickhead soldiers of fortune, aren't they? That's, yeah, that tends to be the vibe. Now, now that we recognise the world as a, um, a, a part of it is, yeah, we recognise the world as a political place now. Mm. Everywhere is taken. Yeah. Um, unless it's at the bottom of the sea or in space. Yeah. Like everywhere is taken. There is nothing that is just like up for grabs mystery exactly um whereas if you set an adventure now uh it's it's you know oh we can't go there those people own this land i mean i mean think about it actually like going into a mummy's tomb yeah is essentially the same as like going into um i don't know the british history museum and just setting fire to stuff yeah yeah, <laughs> it's just like you know, yeah. I mean, which is why National Treasure works because <laughs> he just does that. Yeah, he just does it. <laughs> he yeah. just goes and does it. It's it's not ancient uh, ancient buildings and and like temples and tombs he's going through. It's buildings that were built around two three hundred years yeah. ago. Three hundred <laughs> years ago, it's not it's... got the same ring to it as uh, as Cleopatra lived. Uh, closer to us than she did the pyramids. Yeah, it's is <laughs> it's roughly contrived, um, like American history, American mythology, isn't it? Yeah, because that is like 
American, actual American mythology is, of course, all like Native American stuff. Yeah. Or like Mesoamerican stuff. Mm. But like, <laughs> the United States of America has had to contrive a mythology so fast mm. that they're just like, what if George Washington had a wizard? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what if George Washington was a descendant of King Arthur? <laughs> just take someone else's. Yeah, just yeah. Well, that's that's what they that's what they've been known to do. Yeah, uh, that's true. Ha 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 ha. But uh, yeah, with the, with the mystery genre, it's it's very much the same thing. It's uh, I think again, it's it's like my my like my thing with like why sort of adventure like kids adventure is so much better in the in the eighties suburbs than it is now. Sure, because the technology isn't there, and it's a little bit more escapist mm. than uh, um, than setting something now. I think maybe for us that's true. Mm. Um, I think if you show that to someone who has never lived without technology, yeah. I think that won't be true. Um, mm. I think it, like, I don't think there's an, a, an element of escapism for, if you think of the 20 year olds now who have mm. never lived without a smartphone. Yeah. Um, they, they don't go on adventures, they're just boring. Is that, is that it? Is yeah, that yeah. There's no such thing as adventures. No, no, no. No kids now are gonna keep a secret alien in their in their room without filming it on their smartphone first. Now this is Boomer Tom talking. <laughs> right, but, Boomer Tom. But right, if uh, if if ET was a film set in the modern day, yeah, Elliot would just be filming it on his smartphone constantly and sending it all to his pals with emojis and shit. I mean, you have just described the type block. Well, yeah. But in Attack uh, of the Block, they do beat the alien to death. Well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's how E.T. and the... Again, E.T., like, that alien would not have been given a chance <laughs> in the modern day. That alien would have just been torn to shreds by the kids nowadays. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you ever been to a school, Matt? Yeah, that's I, the real adventure. I mean, it's it's like it's like you know the the well of the souls from uh, from Raiders of the Lost Ark with the, the pit with a lot of snakes in it. Yeah, walking into a school playground because I used to work as a dental lady. Walking into a school playground is <laughs> just to, just to put some context into <laughs> to me going around schools, going to random yeah. schools. <laughs> yeah, walking on a school playground is very much like dropping into the well of the souls. <laughs> I think it depends. Surrounded by it, right? venomous snakes. Because because was was Spielberg a dad when ET came out? I don't know. Because <laughs> his read of children feels very um, parent parental there eh, it feels probably. it feels very um uh rosy rose tinted uh yeah. spectacally right because there are it's, reads it's not, of children it's not stand by me yeah <laughs> or it for example there are reads of children which which re- uh, in the 80s which read children as horrible creatures yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so it's um it's probably not exactly. unique, but they're not going to beat you up and film it and put it on the internet for for you to for you to look over again. Well, I mean, in in Brazil, that basically happens, right? He didn't predict that they'd all have hand uh, handheld devices, but he like uh, Terry Gilliam made a movie in which he leaves his car outside, and by the time he gets back, they've set fire to it. 
I guess. <laughs> but but the thing is, with, with with period drama mysteries, yeah, it's escapism, isn't it? The, like Murder on the Orient Express, it's ah, look at look it's at all these sim- rich, we 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 rich as fancy people, people who like, especially as people who like, um, for whom there was a time or there was a time when we weren't aware of all the consequences of our actions. Mm. Um, the it seemed simpler. Everything was black and white, right and wrong. Um, it's like westerns and fantasies, right? Yeah, yeah. Where, where it, it, for a, for a brief shining moment, you have the the yoke of um, of, of moral responsibility lifted from you, and a different one is put on, and mm. it's that's bad. The murder has happened, and there's no cultural implica- implications. Yeah, 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 exactly. And and with mysteries nowadays, again, like you you've got knives out. Yeah. Not going to spoil it for anyone. <laughs> That's the end of that. I was, <laughs> I was just going to go. Not going to spoil it for anyone, and then just tell them the plot of the movie. I mean, it's free on Amazon Prime, so yeah. like, honestly, if you're listening to this, you could feasibly, if you've got Amazon Prime yeah. video, you could feasibly go and watch it and then come back. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's worth it. It's very, very I, worth them. I'm. I'm willing to say that that film is a better piece of art than this podcast is going to be. I disagree. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think Ryan Johnson doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> he made made too many uh, complete cinematic <laughs> complete cinematic failures. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's his problem. Oh, and we're back onto it. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while since we talked about the Last Jedi. We're not talking about it. I'm we're just not, saying. We're not. I'm just saying that Ryan Johnson has obviously, according to YouTube, made a com- made complete cinematic failures. So, that's a fair point. You know, it's <clears throat> he hasn't. He broke. But... Like, he broke the rules of cinema. Yeah, he did it wrong. Yeah, yeah. So it's he's doing, it's he's bad. Gone, gone, doing it wrong. Yeah, gone, doing it wrong. Well. Uh, on, on today's episode, we'll be breaking all the rules. Yeah, none of these movies are gonna are gonna work. Are we gonna make some complete cinematic failures? Tom? Yeah, well, this is the thing with pitching mysteries. <laughs> yeah, it's all like because we're making it up as we go along. Yeah, there's there's no there's no way we can set up anything. My favorite part of these are when one of us decides that a um that this twist is one thing and the other person decides that the twist is another and then yeah. we usually end up with two endings. Yeah. <laughs> Choose your own yeah. life's a pitch adventure. Exactly. Yeah. Well there we go. And then we always ask the audience where to to, to comment like which one did, which one would you like? And we never get any responses. It's too much of a of a chore. It's an to, ask. Not not only do they have to listen to an hour of this <laughs> drivel, they've got to they've got to comment on which one they thought was the best. Yeah. Just just a just a little honorable mention to my waste of talent who gives us some absolutely Completely off, off the mark. Yep, but still hilarious. <laughs> I'll read them out. I'll read. Fuck it. Yeah, I'll read them out. Just for me. Yeah, we just got for my sake. We got time. Um, do I ain't got time. I'm going to Barnsley in three minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why? No. Right, right. This is my waste of talent titles this week. But bearing in mind that this is a, a period mystery drama. 
I rate this restaurant Mummy Can We Go Home out of five stars. <laughs> Good stuff. I stole a forklift. There's no mystery there. It's, I stole a forklift. It's just chaos. Who stole the forklift? I stole the forklift. No, I stole it. It's like Spartacus. <laughs> the discovery there is that um, is, is that, it's they that there was a forklift. A, fork, a steel forklift that's got a crate on the front of it. Inside the forklift or inside the crate mm. is an entire heist where people are stealing valuable forks. <laughs> they're lifting, they're lifting forks. the forklift. Yeah. yeah. Um, I drink questionable brown sludge out of you any day. Ooh. I hate that. Yeah, I hate that. Someone's been. On a trip to Newcastle recently. <laughs> what? Newcastle Brown Ale, isn't it? Hell yeah. Uh, mm. uh, get in the urn, boomer. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Amosexuals. Amosexuals. Yeah. Nice. Sounds like something from Mad Max. Uh, I wish I had a husband to take me to 7 Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Mystery. Really, it's a mystery. It's really sad. <laughs> I wish I had more than one arm. <laughs> Some uh, questionable titles there, but uh, nonetheless, very fun. <laughs> All of those would have made a good, a good pitch. I think I, I like the idea of a forklift. I stole a forklift being a heist film about kids breaking into a a warehouse just to steal a forklift to have a little bit of fun with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Driving down the motorway. Yeah, just just having a, a good team time. Yeah. Yeah. Just causing absolute chaos on a forklift. Because... Yeah, I mean, they're basically the same genre. Well, actually, that's not true. <laughs> They're, like... <laughs> They're basically the same genre. Yeah. I wonder who. I wonder where the mystery is in Pride and Prejudice. I mean, who's he gonna marry? Oh yeah, I guess <laughs> it's a mystery. <laughs> I mean, but generally they they are a a pair that go to get together ridiculously well. Yeah. They are they are often seen together out at parties. Yeah. Um, these two genres. Um, they're like cheese and biscuits, aren't they? Yeah. You yeah. can you can get biscuits you can get cheese mm. separately yeah but more often chalk, than not forget about it no chalk chalk is on the other end chalk yeah. chalk, chalk is to mystery as um, michael bay movies are oh. to um, any to, 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 to independent to drama to cheese sorry i think to that's the thing. independent american drama <laughs> a la ladybird yes yeah. imagine if michael bay did ladybird i suppose I suppose chalk is to cheese as, as Michael uh, Bay movies is to mystery movies. I want, I want to see Michael Bay's Little Women. <laughs> it's still He's done bit. Bad Boys. It's, now he needs to do Little Women. It'd still have that bit at the end with the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he tells everyone how good a story it is. Yeah. God. I, like the more, the more I think about it, the more I think, no way, I don't want to see Michael Bay's Little Women. No, no, no. It would be um, several men. <laughs> so, Michael Bay, you read the book Little Women. Um, what you got out of it is how nice the neighbour is. <laughs> the neighbour said. Saying... Why have you called it several men? <laughs> 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 no, 
not one explosion in well, the book, the, Little Women. Well, the mir- mi- I'm sure the military come in at some point. <laughs> um, it uh, needs that military dollar. It needs yeah. it needs the funding from the military to actually make the movie. Well, it's when she falls through you the ice. You can't fund a movie without it. Uh, when she falls through the ice, society declares war on ice. <laughs> No, it's when it's when she burns the books. Uh, uh, Amy burns the book, and um, <laughs> and Joe calls a SWAT hit on her. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, because, Michael! Uh, no, I'm back. I'm I'm I'm, I'm back here. I kind of want to see. She's this. She's eventually saved by a bunch of militaristic uh, uh, navy librarians. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and. Uh, Trying to think of more little 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 scenes from Little Women. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, Laurie is played by a, a fucking hench, Channing Tatum. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's there's that whole bit in the in the um, when they're accepting um, uh, someone into their new acting club. Mm. I, I I barely watched Little Women. <laughs> Um, You're on your phone most of the time. I just yeah. wasn't interested in it. Yeah. Um, so good. Uh, um, but yeah, like when they're. I don't know any of the character names, but then I don't know any of the character names for my favourite movies. So. Yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, like. Yeah, when they're accepting him in, and uh, it's not actually that they don't they don't do that. Instead, they all have um, a, a big fighting race. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they all get into their hot rods. Yeah, yeah. And 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 drive as fast as they can. If if you have any more uh, suggestions for Michael Bay's Little Women, I want to hear them. Yeah, because yeah. uh, the idea of it is uh, tantalising. <laughs> <laughs> what would Michael Bay do? <sighs> tasked with the with the uh, task, <laughs> tasked with the task of directing Little Women. You need an auteur for a movie like that, like like Michael Bay, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. You definitely do. From Rosemary Hughes, we've got The Unbelievable Pheasant. The Unbelievable Pheasant. Mm. So, in my head, given that this is a um, Agatha Christie-style uh, period drama um, like slash mystery or a detective noir a la the Maltese Falcon the Either Maltese way. Falcon the unbelievable <laughs> pheasant I, I see that's too terrestrial for me the uh, unbelievable pheasant being the thing that's missing ah I sleep yeah. right <laughs> The unbelievable pheasant being the detective. Ah! Oh. oh yeah, we're here. That's... A talking pheasant. I'm here for it. Yeah. <laughs> a un... talking pheasant with a pipe. And unfortunately, Ryan Johnson has stolen the idea as of a southern fried detective. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going for like that chicken from the cartoons. Oh yeah, yeah, because it was Daniel Craig doing his best Foghorn Leghorn impression. <laughs> it really wasn't it? was. I say, I say, boy, uh, you... <laughs> it appears to be a mystery. Now, nah, I'm just a humble chicken. <laughs> but to my, to my eyes... <laughs> Something's a, a talon, I mean a foot. <laughs> okay, but the unbelievable pheasant, it does have to be... They do have to be concealing their pheasantness all along. 
Okay, right. <laughs> they have to. So it's like three pheasants in a trench coat. Is is <laughs> kind of except it's just one. Yeah, yeah. And it's wearing a moustache under its beak. Okay. And a pair of spectacles. Yeah. And um, a really tall hat and really tall shoes. One of those uh, one of those novelty disguises with like a glasses and a nose on it. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I get you. And they're able to rest that on their beak. Yeah. <laughs> All of it just balancing it. Um. I'm I'm thinking this is uh, this is sort of rural England, mm-hmm. uh, sort of manor house, you know your your classic whodunits. Yes, uh, Lord of the Manor Dean Kane. Yeah, it, a la Superman from the New Adventures of Lois and Clark. Yeah, um, Dean Kane. He's he's the Lord of the Manor. Oh, so yeah, Dean Kane, Lord of the Manor. Yeah. Has um, of course we know of the Lord, Lord Lords of Manners love shooting pheasants, right? Yeah. But this one doesn't, oh. and he's just been murdered. Dean Kane's been murdered. Yeah. Bloody hell! And um, the there is uh, like suspicion as to like who who has done it, obviously. But the the important part is, is that in a chicken run way. Right, it might even be an Arbman movie. Yeah. Um, they if they don't find out who it is, the person it's gonna be like passed down to mm. could well be someone who a, loves a pheasant shooting pheasants. Shooter, yeah, yeah. So it's it's them that have got to. It, well, it's it's uh, Mister Mister Dickles. <laughs> Mister Dickles, the pheasant. Okay, is Mr. Dean Cain's <laughs> favorite pheasant. <laughs> Comes up with the idea yep. to uh, to, <laughs> to pose as a, as a private detective. Because, of course, here's what happens, right? The police come in, they're like, open and shut case. It's going to this guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, like oh. open and shut case, he killed himself, whatever. Uh, and then <laughs> and then suddenly it's like... <laughs> through, the, through the door. <laughs> Irene! <laughs> Stop! <laughs> Stop! I've been brought in! To this mystery investigation by Benner Crump and the police, but one above. <laughs> one above you lot. <laughs> it's Terry Jones, apparently. Um, no, it's uh, Dean Kane. It's Dean Kane. <laughs> yeah, it's Dean Kane voicing the the peasant as well. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> yes. No, uh, it, it should be it's Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren is the one voicing the pheasant. Because <laughs> um, um, I think it needs to be someone who struggles to pass for human, <laughs> <laughs> like Michael Gove. Yeah, yeah. Michael Gove, Dolph Lundgren, um, Sylvester Stallone. Hello. Yeah. Um, who else struggles to pass uh, as human? Um, Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, certainly Mark Zuckerberg. Cara Delevingne. Cara Delevingne. To str- uh, struggles, struggles to pass the She does, actually, now you yeah. mention it, yeah. Um, you know, she's... Dane DeHaan constantly <laughs> looks like his skin is about to fall off. Going Cara... on, on Valerian. Cara no wonder, Delevingne... No wonder they were cast in a sci-fi movie in which you're not sure which, which are human and which... It's it's not a part of the movie, but no. it's, it's, it's very hard to distinguish which are meant to be human and which aren't. That, the, one of the reasons that movie was so difficult to take seriously was because we all thought that there was a, a sort of Cylon thing coming yeah. <laughs> going to happen, right? We all thought that like there was going to be the thing was going to be somewhere I, in I remember there. coming out of that movie, Matt, and just going... 
so Cara Delevingne and Dane DeHaan were both aliens, right? And then <laughs> yeah. you were like, no, they were meant to be human. I was like, yeah, but they were... They've cast them because they both are aliens. <laughs> we, they, yeah, we, we couldn't quite figure out whether that was going to end up being a plot point or not. Yeah. <laughs> if that's, yeah, it's just sort of one of those, one of those things, one of those uh, things to sort of hide, you know, like, uh, <laughs> I was about to say, I was about to say, the Shining hid the moon landing, and that's not right. <laughs> I don't think that's right. That's not right at all. No, it's uh, the Shining. Sort of, there's there's hidden messages in the Shining that <laughs> sort of say that Kubrick was trying to say, "I look, I, I faked the moon landing. <laughs> I did it." I mean, listen, it's it's the only thing that is interesting about the Shining. <laughs> Um, when you watch a, it, you, you're constantly the... watching for those clues in The Shining. That's the only thing that gets me to watch The Shining. Apart from the Simpsons episode. Apart from the Simpsons episode. Yeah. Um, so the what, the inimitable rooster, or whatever it was called. Um... <laughs> That's the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was it? It was the something the pheasant. Un- the unbelievable, unbelievable pheasant. pheasant. Right. So like the point being that like it's it's a quite obvious quite an easily solved mystery mm. i think this one yeah. it's barely a mystery to us because we like we've because in the way <laughs> you've set it out we know who did it it's the person who stands to inherit it right <laughs> no no i love i love the fact that the guy who inherits it is is genuinely an all right person just just likes to shoot pheasants yeah. like gives to charity uh, does a load yeah. a load of uh, like amazing amazing like, philanthropy yeah yeah uh, and the only thing is his only flaw yep. is that you like shooting pheasants yep. and you can't blame him yep. they're twats of they birds. are awful people they're, they're awful people pheasants yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> so when <laughs> so when they when they realise that it's getting sold to this guy like shooting pheasants they're like no, that that guy didn't had didn't it, nothing it. to do with yeah, the nothing, murder. But they frame nothing it. Nothing to do with the murder. But they frame, <laughs> frame. it. There we go. We're twisting. We're twisting the genre. Mystery genre. Yeah. Yeah. So they like you know Dolph Lundgren's going around <laughs> making accusations. Yeah. And the the tension here isn't whether or not he'll solve the mystery. And mm. um, it'll be revealed that they framed him later on. Yeah. But it's not whether he'll solve the mystery or not. But rather, because we all suspect that it was, it was. Um, this, yeah, this it's, person. it's very much framed like. Uh, the, we all suspect the... that Daniel Radcliffe yeah. um, is 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 the guy who who killed Dean Kane, right? Yeah. But Mr. Jonathan Nice Guy. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Johnny Nice Guy. Yeah. Um, but we will eventually find out that he was framed mm. by the, by Dolph Lundgren and Co. Um, or even another faction of pheasants, but the um... don't, don't bring that in no. to an honourable mention. <laughs> we're, we're not going full three D with this one. But um, the the important part is that the main tension is Dov Lundgren t- trying to pass as a as a, a, as a, a policeman. Detective. There's a lot of tension in this, yeah. <laughs> mainly from the fact that he could get found out at yeah. any point that he is actually a pheasant. If if like if he topples over and the feet the, the shoes fall off, the really tall yeah. ones that make him the same size the, as a they person. They get away with it. The, it gets given to Tara Reed. Yep. Who is who is an absolute horrible like Just a full on Tory. She she goes round to to sweatshops in in Cambodia just to smack the kids. <laughs> <laughs> just to hit them. Her her, uh, her hero is Miss Trunchbull from Matilda. 
Yeah, yeah. Like a hero, but she also surpasses Miss Trunchbull. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, she, she's she's standing on the shoulders of Miss Trunchbull. It's like if, if she's got one foot on the shoulder of, of, of Miss Trunchbull and the other on the shoulder of Margaret Thatcher. Yeah, yeah. And she's, she's just about to do a big jump. While also being a high executive in Primark. Yeah. Like that kind of, that kind of, that kind of thing. Yeah. She just goes around sweatshops, smacking the kids. Um, but loves pheasants. Standing, standing on the White Cliffs of Dover, shouting, No more! <laughs> with a rifle. <laughs> with a high-scope rifle. Yeah. Ready for those immigrants. <laughs> Taking pot shots at, like, P&O ferries. <laughs> People crossing crossing the, the British Channel, like just just French holidaygoers, just people coming back from Malaga. We don't want you here. You can't speak the language. So that's why that's what hap- like that's the plot of Inimitable Rooster, the sequel. Um, yeah, is that the the rooster has to stop this person it's killing horrible, people with impunity? Human being. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Brexit means Brexit. <laughs> and it just the film ends with a stud on on the white cliffs of Dover. No more. Well, well, the pheasants are all sort of crowded around. They're like <laughs> awkwardly. We made the right decision. <laughs> I kind of like the idea of Dolph Lundgren going. Uh. <laughs> oh no! Well, I mean, pheasants are birds. They've got they've got no sort of stake, stake in, in <laughs> immigration. Yeah. In uh, in British politics, they they, yeah. they just want they just don't want to be shot. That's that's fair. It's be- better them than us. Which puts a really Dolph str- Lundgren says just puts a really strange tone to this movie because <laughs> we're humans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're looking at this from a human perspective. Yeah. And we have to keep reminding ourselves that these characters that are the the feature of this yeah. film. Are, I agree. Are, are only looking at this from a pheasant perspective yeah. and don't understand. Very much like chickens don't understand that what what <laughs> shouldn't understand what pies are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, say, is there a point in Chicken Run where the chicken speaks <laughs> to, to Mr. Tweedy? I, I distinctly remember they chose not to have the chickens speak when they were yeah. interacting with the humans. Yes. Um, but it would be very funny if, if, if like at the end of uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, yeah. where, where, the, where Ginger just starts speaking, <laughs> and Mr. Tweedy is like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh no, a talking chicken. <laughs> talking, I told you they could talk. There we go, that was... Uh, the unbelievable pheasant. My uh, my my tagline that I've had in my head for this is: yep. uh, "It's not my birthday, it's not Christmas, it's unbelievable." To uh, to quote the um, the uh, 1980s Burger King advert starring Sarah Michelle Gellar. Wow, that's the deepest cut anyone has done since they opened like Tutankhamun's <laughs> tomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh... there is a curse attached to that joke. <laughs> Is there? <laughs> like, well, going on the on 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 the the on Tutankhamun's tomb, yes. 
That's yeah. the only precedent a joke like that's got. Yeah. I just want—I just want to make the listeners aware that there's an advert which got Sarah Michelle Geller banned from McDonald's <laughs> for advertising, banned from McDonald's and her kids from McDonald's for life <laughs> because she made an advert. She started an advert. She read a script as an actress. She read a script. That was made for, like, like the execs at Burger King can go into McDonald's anytime they want. Yeah, I, I bet I she. I'm not sure why it. they would. I bet but, she could get away with it. But she could get away with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet she could. I bet if she walks into a, a McDonald's, mm. alarms aren't going off. Yeah, these these adverts are very very inflammatory to McDonald's, right? Like, yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> McDon- McDonald's doing it at this ridiculous price. Well, I'm going to Burger King, <laughs> where it's cheaper. Where it and and uh, McDonald's make. I'm pretty sure she made McDonald's have a load of fake meat in their burgers, <laughs> something like that. But uh, yeah, it's a very good advert to watch. <laughs> just, just like, what the fuck is this? That's an advert. It's an advert. Yeah. It's just a smear advert. I do. Yeah, I do quite like it. I do. I do quite like the idea that Sarah Michelle Gellar wrote the script, <laughs> came up with the concept for yeah, that. Yeah, she she pitched it. Yeah. She pitched it to <laughs> uh, to uh, to Burger King. Yeah. Remember who pitched this? McDonald's. What would be even better is if she she fucking galaxy brain pitched it to McDonald's. <laughs> if she went to McDonald's, like, look, you you can do a number on Burger King. Right. Here. I'm gonna get really famous mm. starring in a sitcom in the in the late 90s a sitcom sitcom <laughs> what sitcom was this matt i don't know what sitcom did sarah michelle geller star in in the late 90s i assumed she was in one no she was just in buffy that's that it? it that's it yeah she was in buffy I and then she, she was in like general american television no no Really? Not at all. No, oh. no. I, 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 I mean, I'm making these statements. I've no clue, but <laughs> I, I'm assuming she was just in Buffy because then she got like a lot of film deals. So, so it was just of that. Burger King slash McDonald's sleeper advert. Yeah, <laughs> and then straight to Buffy. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a sitcom. And then, but... and then The Grudge. It's kind of a sitcom. Um... And then Scooby Doo. And then nothing. <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna. She, she's, oh, and then Star Wars Rebels. I forgot about that. She's there pitching to to McDonald's. She's like, "Listen, I'm gonna be in this show. Mm. It's very popular in the late '90s. I want to get on the most popular show for dinner time TV. Dinner in the time late TV. Di- in the I remember 90s. it being Buffy was on like nine o'clock. It was nah. after the Simpsons. It was Simpsons." Robot Wars, Fresh Prince, and then Buffy. It's all kind of general too. dinner time. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm going to be prime time. Yeah. Just stop picking holes. Um, <laughs> I'm going to start the bit of the third time now. Yeah. <laughs> She's there going to McDonald's. She says, I'm going to be on this very popular TV show in yeah. the late 90s. What are you going to do? What I'm going to do is I'm going to go and work for... Burger King uh, as a double agent. Yeah, I'm gonna slag off McDonald's, and sure, it'll seem bad in the short term. Mm. But when I get famous, you can pretend to hold a grudge that long, and it will answer the legacy of your brand. <laughs> <laughs> what you else can, McDonald's have banned? You can pretend to be just that 
petty and it will for some reason bring sales to your door i really like the idea of every every mcdonald's restaurant having a photo of sarah michelle Gellar <laughs> saying do not allow food to be to be sold to this woman and all and anyone else who's been on a burger king advert <laughs> if you have at any point been in like in on the marketing arm of burger king mcdonald's have banned you you're on a, you're on you a say, database you say that as though like that's a regular thing for someone <laughs> if you have ever been in a burger king advert let like McDonald's have you. McDonald's yeah, they, they've, have got, your they've name. got your they got your name on file. They've got little cameras that set off alarms if you walk in. <laughs> Imagine if she got it delivered and the <laughs> delivery man turned up at the door and it was turned oh, right around. Yeah, <laughs> the tires screech and he shoots off. <laughs> they have to they have to do a background check for anyone called Sarah. <laughs> Hmm. S. M. Geller. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Hello, so- is hello. I'm outside. Is this uh, buff? Oh. <laughs> you know what? Oh, you've really got you've got me this time. I, I knew I recognised the house number. Ma- Why do you keep doing this? <laughs> well, McDonald's. Is, this comes to the next point. Yeah. Right. The next best pitch that is going to be happening on this show. Yeah. <laughs> McDonald's are missing a trick. Yeah. Right? You remember Cookie Crisp? No. Right? Cookie Crisp was a cereal. Yeah. Which, the, the adverts for which starred a wolf that was just, his only driving factor mm. was to obtain the cereal Cookie Crisp. Yeah. Right? I can't put those two and two together. He was the bad wolf who was chasing children. We all know what the wolf wants. Yeah. But what does he need? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Social work. You know, he he needs to be therapy. But um, why why isn't Sarah Michelle Gellar McDonald's wolf? From the Cookie Crisp advert. Yeah. Why isn't, you know, why isn't she always after McDonald's and then, you know, Ronald McDonald thwarts her? Because she's very happy with the price of burger, the price and meat quality of Burger King. That's, that's the thing. (laughs) No, she was back in the day. Yeah. But now, now she can be, oh, I've come round and now all (laughs) I want, all I want is McDonald's burgers, but Ronald and Co. (laughs) keep preventing me from getting them. (laughs) Incidentally, the uh, Cookie Crisp Wolf is now not able to to buy Cocoa Pops anywhere. No. That monkey keeps trying to beat him up. (laughs) The monkey had an an enemy, I think. (laughs) I think it was like a crocodile or something. Had many enemies. <laughs> it made a lot when he changed it to fucking Cocoa Krispies. Yeah. Tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> he made a lot of enemies that day. <laughs> he made three very, very specific enemies. <laughs> Me. <laughs> you, I assume. And Pop. <laughs> the other the other Rice Krispie elf. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Tom and Pop. <laughs> <laughs> Rice crispy, snap and crackle, kind of chill. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're they're fine. They deal with it. They've got they've got bigger fish to fry. They've got they've got divorce settlements to to handle. They, they can't be dealing with this. Yeah, and 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 also, you know, the ongoing quest to dethrone the Lucky Charms leprechaun. Oh, of course, yeah. of course, yeah. 
and uh, and, and assassinate the honey monster. They're, <laughs> they're out. They're out in the American. They're out in the American boonies, out in the sticks, searching around, searching through the woods, looking like a, for like a fucking cryptid. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people don't believe. Monster. A lot of people don't believe in the existence of the honey monster. <laughs> I really want, like, you know, those conspiracy theory videos, just to sort of in a list of cryptids, like, <laughs> like, uh, like skin crawlers, the Mothman, the honey monster, chupacabra, chupacabra you know, <laughs> just casually throw it in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Some no. say it's it's just a bear. <laughs> But some people are wrong. Some people are wrong. Like, <laughs> could you imagine? I really kind of want to do one of those uh, YouTube videos where they talk about like a cryptid. Yeah. But it's actually just a description of the honey. <laughs> it's only towards the end that you realise you've wasted an hour and a half of your life. <laughs> and it's just it, it's just a insane viral advert for <laughs> sugar puffs. Sugar puffs. Ah, oh, I miss sugar puffs. Yeah, I, like I, some of those. I used to really mm, like sugar yum, puffs yum, as a kid. Yeah. But... I think I've just gone off cereals. Yeah. I don't like how they get all soggy and wet. Ain't you got some honey nut cornflakes down, downstairs? No. Oh. <laughs> I've got cereal bars. Um. Hello, just want to say thank you for listening to the Lives of Pitch deleted scenes. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, maybe consider sharing it with your friends on social media, by word of mouth, anywhere really. Maybe put it onto a, a thumb drive and just throw it at someone. And maybe even reviewing it on wherever you got it. If you find it somewhere on iTunes or Acast or wherever, maybe review it there. Five stars, thumbs up, give everyone the heads up. Like I said before, thank you. Cheers. Right. Bye. Bye.